ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and children of all ages. Welcome to episode 43 of the Fumble Recovery Fantasy Football Podcast, where we'll be going through all the uh, notes, news, and uh, highs and lows from week 11 of the NFL, and talking about uh, player performances, players we think might be going under the radar and you can still trade for, and those you think uh, the window might have passed on now as well. But anyway, with me to break it all down, first of all, we have Mo. Hey, hey. And we have Chiggs. Giddy up. <laughs> Give so, uh, Chiggs Mo, a chance to say like, it. Look like, looks like you're on your way to uh, 11 and 0 in um, in our Dynasty League. So congrats. Uh, well done. Thank you. Thank you. Let's keep that streak. Uh, try, try to be the, the 72 Dolphins over here. That yeah. would be the goal. Hopefully, I can be the Patriots. Yeah, I was gonna say. Oh, I, I thought about the Patriots. I was like, oh no, no, not the Patriots. <laughs> as long as I don't go up against Eli Manning, which shouldn't be in anyone's roster, I should be okay. <laughs> so, how was your fantasy week, anyway, outside of that league? Um, not bad. I won in my main league by less than one point. Um, I I I started Crowder, and uh, that was one of my mistakes. But uh, everything else is fine. Unfortunately, our IDP league, I'm losing to Chris and losing to Brock, so does not fare well there in that one league. Losing to Brock, did you say? Uh, Brian. Sorry, Brian. Um, oh, uh, for, Brian. Our, for our oh, little well, side bet. Yeah. In our, in our prop bet. Yeah, he's putting up a decent score this week. Uh, Chiggs, how's your fantasy week been? Yeah, uh, pretty good in general, actually. Um, I was actually in, involved in a couple of big games to determine sort of playoff sort of positions and stuff. So at the moment, coming out ahead, but just need the uh, the Bucks defense not to put up a big score tonight. Um, so I can come through in a couple of those leagues. Um, getting a little bit worried in TBC, sort of slipping to eight and three. Um, I think you know. I think guys are now going to be one off me uh, for that by um, by in the first round of the playoffs. So I just need to win out now from here. Yeah, Try I think we've that. points at the moment. I don't know how much that gap's narrowed because the guy who goes seven and four, you're actually losing to, right? So um, in yeah, the end, exactly. But then you've got to play him as well, though, don't you? Um, I've still got to play him. Yeah, that could determine who gets the third seed, i.e. wins our division. Um, but, yeah, I think it's going to be hard for him to break into that top two. But obviously, this week and beating you helps. Um, and then, yeah, we're in what looks like it could still be a tightish game. But I had a good I had a good night from Hill and Waller to sort of give me the edge, I think, in the IDP league. But um, it's not impossible. Chris Godwin... Could still put up big numbers, and uh, yeah. for me, I think now I realise I definitely don't want to be winning that game. I want to try and get a earlyish draft pick for next year. Yeah, you're just on the cusp of the playoffs at the moment, but um, yeah, if you can get like pick four, pick five, you know, I think three quarterbacks, which you don't necessarily need one of, so then you're probably looking at. You know, Jamar Chase, Rondell Moore, Travis Etienne, uh, Juba Hubbard, someone like that. Yeah, there's a lot of good players in that are going to be there, but I actually think there could be. You could be getting a, a quarterback at the end of end of the first. To be honest, and there's going to be a few more guys that are going to going to break through, right? Yeah, and we're going to have an episode soon, aren't we? Looking at next next year's class, just work out when to do that. Um, but yeah, definitely a good class last year. I mean, if you think. This year's class was good. Um, then, you know, for all signs are pointing to next year's being even better, and hopefully they'll actually get training camp and can hit the ground running yeah. um, rather than what we've seen this year, where it's been a bit of a slow build, um, unless you're James Robinson and uh, a few other players. Uh, so we'll, we'll we'll talk about some of those soon. Uh, so first thing, we'll start with quarterbacks. Just want to say thoughts with Joe Burrow picked up a nasty injury looks like he could be out for a while signs are pointing to him possibly not even being back for the start of next season so um you know very talented qb he was on course to break all the rookie records most 300 yard passing games most passing yards most touchdowns i think for a rookie so it's a shame shame what's happened and you know i know a lot of the listeners who probably had a bad season and drafted joe burrow 
and that was sort of the start of the um, re-challenge. We know Kush has been on the show a couple of times, for example, uh, was on the cast, but in fact is in a playoff spot and losing Burrow is going to be quite quite difficult. So yeah, thoughts with uh, Joe Burrow. So um, I'm going to go through some of the names who were QB1s um, in this week. So some of the more familiar names, of course, like Patrick Mahomes, Kyler Murray, who's you know, proving himself to be very reliable. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, again, QB1s. But then uh, Deshaun Watson as well. But then some of the names you might be surprised with. Uh, so Andy Dalton, uh, after having a bit of a shocker in his first outing, uh, was a QB1 this week. Taysom Hill, um, you know, I'm looking at Sleeper, so he was only designated as a QB. But... He's a QB1. Uh, Philip Rivers had a really good game against a team that's actually in the in the Packers who had one of the better passing defenses. Uh, Derek Carr had a really good game. I think, Mo, you said, <laughs> uh, you made a comment, you said, how, how is it that the Raiders are able to look make the, the Chiefs look mortal? Um, so Derek Carr had a good game. Kirk Cousins, uh, he was a, a high QB1. So he had a really good game um, against the Cowboys. So um, any of those names springing out at you, you know, you're both bona fide challengers. Um, I think I'll be in the playoffs most likely in that league. To any of the players you're listening there thinking, hmm, I might try and make a move for, you know, that might help me uh, get over the edge. I'm more looking at you, Mo, because I know you've got kind of Deshaun Watson and not much behind him. Um, is there any of those names you think you might be trying to make a move for? I would maybe maybe Derek Carr, or Kirk Cousins, because I think I mean I'm not I'm not willing to overpay for most of these QBs. I think um, I'm, I still still don't have much faith in Rivers, but he could be someone I could possibly target. I mean, knowing you only got maybe a year left out of him, or this might be his last year. And same thing with Carr, uh, Carr and Cousins. I mean, I think they have a couple more years, but. You know their their future is kind of up in the air, so I think you can get a decent value for those uh, those two. But um, I'm still going to hold off till maybe closer uh, to playoffs and stuff. Because again, I mean, like I said, I was I was looking to trade for Breeze just last week prior to his injury, and um, so I may hold off a little bit and uh, see 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 what the matchups are like and so forth. But I think um, I'm liking Carr and Cousins and Rivers. If you're looking for if you know dynasty league, um, you don't want to pay too much for. And, uh, you know, you know, someone would be willing to part with them because, you know, if they're not useful for them this year, uh, I mean, you know, they'll be happy to take like a first for them. And Chiggs, I'm going to flip the script slightly um, because I know you're not QB needy in either of the dynasty leagues we're in. But from a redraft perspective, any of those sort of more surprise names like Carr, like Cousin, uh, for example, are they named, or even Taysom Hill, are they names you'd be comfortable rolling out in your redraft leagues where you're playing sort of streaming QB games? Yeah, see, I, I think if you're if you're in the content, contention for a championship in the redraft league, it probably means you've got one of the big big guys already in your team, right? Um, so hopefully you're not needing to. I think that these guys come into more consideration than Superflex. And I think Kirk Cousins is a really interesting one because we've talked about their schedule once you get into sort of the playoffs and see one of the guys I really like for that, that, that stretch is Adam Thielen because of the the run defences they're going to be playing up against um, come playoff time. You know, it should mean they're hopefully throwing the ball a bit more. And you obviously saw what Thielen did yesterday, um, which should hopefully translate to Cousins, you know, having a decent... Um, a decent run in the playoffs. You know, week 15, they got Chicago. Week 16, they got New Orleans. So, definitely New Orleans, you could see them coming out throwing the ball a lot. Um, Chicago is probably going to stuff the run a bit as well. So, um, they rely on more on Cousins to throw the ball. What do you make of Taysom Hill? How do you value someone like a Taysom Hill? He's an, he's an interesting one for Dynasty because obviously there was noise about him in the off-season being, you know, the, the heir apparent to Drew Brees. Um, and then given that he's obviously started ahead of Jameis, you know, so Jameis was a five-year starter in the league and getting benched behind Taysom Hill. It shows what the coaching staff think of him. I think he's a really interesting buy, uh, sort of longer term, right? For Because I think, you know, that they, they are going to... 
they are going to rely on him once Breeze goes down, and once Breeze retires, it could be it could be Taysom Hill's um, Taysom Hill's gig. So, if someone like someone like yourself who stacked at QB and knowing the value of QB, would you take a punt on giving up a first for someone like Taysom, knowing that if he gets the starting job? You're getting way much, you know, way more return on what you paid out for someone like a Hill. I think in any other draft class, I probably would consider that. I think for next year's class, you know, so we'll, we'll talk about it in probably future episodes. But I think there's enough quarterbacks coming out. You know, I think I was reading something that it could it should be something like six quarterbacks taken in, in the first round. Um, in next year's draft. So, you know, I think there's going to be enough options there um, for you to pick up a younger guy, you know, that, you know, you might just sit for a year or two, but may, maybe, you know, it gives you a bit more of a longer term up. So I think Taysom Hill is, what, 30-odd? And just my worry is just he hasn't just, he hasn't had enough um, experience, you know, throwing in the league. So it's also very creative when Sean Payton's there scheming for him. Mm. Obviously, he did well, but yeah, he's a bit of an enigma. I don't know. What, what do you guys think? He's so hard to value, and that's why I was trying to ask you. I, I think if I'm stacked at QB, and I think that whatever I do with my first, I'll be challenging. I, I might, I may take a punt, almost as a like buying a stock. You know, thinking, okay, um, I think that stock's going to increase. I mean after yesterday's performance it's not going to help his value it's going to obviously go up and he's going to be in the same price range as a starting qb before the news broke he's going to be the starter if you were somebody who took a punt on Taysom and traded for him you probably would have got him for like a second and i think you'd be laughing now because you've got huge you know uh, increase on your um investment already but I, I do think just with the moves the Saints have made, if you can find the right owner who thinks, oh, no, he's never going to be a starter, and you could get him for, like, a first, and you may get, I don't know, like a, an early third or something back, uh, so Taysom and a third for your first, I'd probably do that just because um, Sean Payton loves the guy, and I think it was a big, bold statement to anoint him as the starter over the sort of more proven commodity as a passer in sort of taste in um Jameis but again I think there's a lot of ifs and buts in that and I'd only do it if I'm if you know giving up that first comes with low risk um you know almost like thinking okay what if I had somebody like a uh, an acres or a a rugs for example, whose whose value has probably been depleted from what you paid for them, you know, where you valued them at the rookie draft. Mo, what are your thoughts on Taysom? I don't care for him at all. No? So um, uh, I, th- I think he's a short-term fill-in. I think he's great for the n- next couple weeks till Breeze comes back. Um, I don't think he's a future. Just watching that game, he's not the future of... Uh, uh, he's not the future QB of the Saints. I think he's always going to be that gadget player. And um, I understand, like, you know, I, I think, honestly, I think he played better than Winston did when he filled in for when Breeze got injured. I think that, I, th- I think, I think that him starting is more attuned to the fact that I don't think they, I don't think they see Winston as a reliable QB that can go out and win a game. So I, I'm, I mean, actually, funny thing is, I think I drafted him in IDP and I dropped him a couple times. I picked him up, I think, um, in, uh, in our IDP league. And he's just one of those guys, I think he's great. As a backup, um, he's going always going to be the gadget player, uh, but I, you know, as a starting QB in in the NFL, I don't see that. Um, so for me, like you know, if you offered me a first, I'll be I'll be jump, I'll be jumping on that. Even after this, even after this, um, uh, you know, unless I really needed him this year to help me win and to get to the playoffs, if I did not have if if I didn't have much use for him, I think I would give him up for a second. I mean, I, I still think I see I still see extreme value there because you also got to remember how old he is too. He's not a young, um, mm. a young player. I think he's about thirty. He's about thirty. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken. Thirty. Yeah. So um, I don't. Yeah, on long term, I don't. I don't see him as a as a viable QB. I think he's just always going to remain one of those gadget players. And I mean, what would you pay for a backup QB um, that you need? You know, you need for you know in the season for or for a couple games. 
I mean, I, I, I can't see myself paying more than a second round for him. Fair enough. And then just looking at this weekend's action, I mean, sorry, Chiggs, you can say something there. So, so on staying with that theme, though, so what do you think of uh, Jameis's sort of long term value? Oh, I think, um, again, he's one, he's had so many mistakes. I think, I, I personally see him more valuable than Taysom long term in a dynasty league. Um, so, again, I, but I would probably pay about the same, um, seeing that, you know, Hill is starting at the moment. Maybe I'll, I wouldn't mind giving up a late second, maybe a third for him. Uh, and I think I, I would probably value him very similar. I think on a QB standpoint, I see more upside with uh, Winston than I do with Hill. I mean, what, what do you guys think on that? Who would you have, like, next year? Let's, let's forget about this year. Next year, are you taking, are, do you want Taysom Hill on your, on your roster, or do you, would you like Winston? I think just next season, probably with the fact Breeze, I think, will still be playing, then probably Winston. I don't think they'll keep all three again. But I don't know. For Dynasty, I'd probably still say Taysom just because of the offense he's associated with, knowing that the head coach really likes him, always finds a way to um, to play him, and they gave him money to represent him being a backup QB rather than a gadget player. You know, he got paid what more than like your running backs would. And he That's got, true. You know, but it, but it is only for a two-year contract, though. That's true. It was two years, but... Um, I think it still shows, you know, that window of when they expect Breeze to be playing, which is this year and maybe one more. Um, and th- this is a good audition, as any, you know, this is is this is his his audition. So uh, it, it's it's very tricky valuing players like that. I'm not very high on Winston, just because uh, you never know where his opportunity could be. You know, most likely someone like the Jets could take. Trevor Lawrence, but if they don't and they think, oh, we're going to go for the the best pass rusher and really shore up our defense, you know, it wouldn't be beyond the Jets. And they say, oh, we'll get Winston in as our QB. I can see that. Then, um, you know, you just don't know what's going to happen. Or someone like Washington or, or anywhere, you just don't know where Winston's opportunity is going to be and uh, what the O-line's like, what his receivers are like. You know, he had amazing numbers, but he also had Godwin and Evans um, and O.J. Howard as his receivers when he was the QB at Tampa. So then this week, only six uh, QBs threw for over um, 300 yards. Uh, You had Aaron Rodgers, 311. Kirk Cousins, 314. Deshaun Watson, 344. Patrick Mahomes, 348. Can you guess the other two? I think Walker Justin got there. Justin I said Herbert Deshaun. Be in there? Justin Herbert. Uh, Justin Herbert, yeah. Uh, Herbert, and one more guess. I was going to go with. I thought Walker reached a three hundred. I might be mistaken. Oh, uh, PJ Walker. No, he threw for two fifty eight. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> So you're saying which which other QBs you got? Yeah, you got Justin Herbert. He had the most okay. with 366. One QB threw for 365 yards. Did Cousins did? Cousins, yeah. Would it be Cousins? Cousins, I said. He got 314. Oh, he did. He did. Okay. Yeah, so far you've got Rogers, Cousins, Watson, Mahomes, and Herbert. So one QB threw for one less yard. Than Justin Herbert. Don't say Taysom Hill. No, no. it's not. Okay, <laughs> okay just, just Alex Smith. What did, what did Alex Smith throw for? Oh, it could be Andy Dalton. No, Tannehill it's didn't not have... Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton only threw for two hundred and three yeah. yards. He had three touchdowns though, so um, that's where his points came from. And Alex Smith was way down. Um, he only threw for 166. Okay. So the big reveal, this may Cam? surprise you, Cam Newton. Oh, that's right. No he did have a, yeah, they were Cam running. They were throwing that to Bird a lot. Yeah. 
And if there's one lesson I've learned from that is I think if you're streaming QBs, try and find the guy who's playing Houston because they just cannot, <laughs> <laughs> they just cannot defend anything. Um, I know we were saying that about the Seahawks and they actually had a decent game against Kyler. They schemed really well. They, they had Bobby Wagner spying um, Kyler a lot. I mean, that was a, re- it's a game ridden with um, errors, but the Seahawks schemed that really well and contained, I thought, Kyler very well. Um, you know, for a guy who's been rushing over 50 yards almost every game, they contained him to only 15 rushing yards. So, um, you know, he wasn't up there with those rushing leaders. And speaking of rushing then, two two QBs rushed for over 50 yards. You've probably guessed these, but you know it's not, uh, you know it's not Kyler. So can you guess the other two? 50 yards? I mean, I would think Cam on that one, but... Yeah, I'll say Cam is one oh, of them. Oh, Hill's got to be one of them. He ran quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Payson yeah. Hill. Hill. I mean, then I would go with the usual suspects. Cam, yeah, Lamar. Like, like... Um, uh, sure. Murray didn't. It was Lamar. Cam Newton okay. may, may surprise you. Only had three carries for six yards. Oh, wow. So they, they changed that up. I mean, there was a sequence where they had seven, maybe eight, uh, rush attempts in a row, so you know the DNA of that offense is going to be through the run game. But um, I think they just figured out that the Houston secondary can't do anything. And in the run game, you've got the likes of J.J. Watt and Merciless um, and, you know, whoever else they've got on that D-line. So um, they just thought, well, forget that. Just throw it. <laughs> yeah, just throw it. Dave <laughs> Harris any- has been impressing me quite a bit. Harris has been good. Burkhead looks like he's out for the season now, which is bad timing for him and his fantasy owners because he was actually looking like a good flex play in recent weeks. You know, he's getting sort of four to six targets in the pass game and he's getting 10 to 12 carries, um, you know, which as a bi-week filler flex play, that kind of thing, isn't the worst player. Sonny Michel's back, but I think he was a healthy scratch for yesterday. Um, I don't believe he played, so he'll probably get more more action going forward as well. Um, one last question then on rushing. Ryan Tannenhill, Drew Locke, Deshaun Watson, and Taysom Hill. Who had the better yards per carry? Yards per carry? Yeah. It's going to be a trick question, so it's probably one of the odd yeah. ones out. Um, uh, I mean, I would have guessed Watson, if anybody. But um, what were the other two? Tannehill and who's the other one? Drew Locke. I'm going to go with Drew Locke. I'm going to, I guess I'll go with... <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. It's, it's more of a trick question. I like that, yeah. Yeah, I'll go with Drew Locke. I mean, two carries for 23 yards. Um, I thought it was his most mature performance to date uh, considering he started off badly and his one of his very first throws was an interception so i thought he came out of that well and against you know what we've considered to be one of the better defenses as well um in the dolphins but uh, i think you know he shook that off i was thinking this you know if he carries on he could be benched after throwing for three or four interceptions but he played it smart, and you know there were times when the likes of Ogba did close in, and he went the opposite way and used his feet well. I thought so. Um, Drew Lock threw for two seventy yards against a good defense. Is that someone you think you can still buy low on? Would you be interested in buying low on, or not, not interested in that one? Not in a dynasty. Uh, I'm. I'm. It's. I mean, it depends how low are you thinking. What would you give up for Drew Lock? I mean, if someone's willing to give me give him to me for a second, which I doubt they would, I would probably take that. Would you buy him for a late first as a starting QB? No, well, yeah. I, I don't think so. Just uncertainty, and, and I think it's, I think he's one of those little tricky situations where I don't think the seller will sell him because um, you know he's he th- he's he's believing in the upside, and I wouldn't buy him because I'm believing in the downside. So I think you just you're just not going to be able to meet in the middle for that. Yeah. Mm. I'd agree. Um, yeah, I'm exactly that. I think the issue is 
Uh, what was that? Yeah. Jake? Uh, it, yeah, it's it's harder for someone to sell, you know, a a twenty four year old QB than a thirty plus QB, right? So that that's why generally you're not gonna get much joy um targeting someone like a Drew Lock unless the seller's just you know, just had enough of him and desperate to get out and reload for next year. But, but. Mm. So moving on to running backs then. Um, it won't surprise you which two running backs had the most rush attempts. Derek Henry with 28 and Dalvin Cook with 27. Freaking Cook. Mason. Sorry? Quinn, every, time, every time I see Cook's numbers go up, I quinch. Just like, God damn it. Could have had a... <laughs> so I apologize for my language. Well, um, that trade's working out well for me so far. And... Uh, I think Sanders is just sort of struggling as part of the whole offensive struggle. Yeah, it's the offensive line and all. You know, it's yeah. um, that offensive line is truly offensive. Um, you know, <laughs> they just can't protect the QB. I think uh, Carson Wentz is most sacked QB in the league. Not that I'm defending him because he's not been very good, but uh, yeah, that I think Sanders is just sort of struggling with the O line struggles there. Um, and we'll get on to Sanders shortly. So. Can you guess who had the third most carries then after Henry and Cook this week? Carries? I mean, I would. Mm. Elliot? No, Elliot shared with Pollard. Um, One more than Elliot. If that's any sort of clue. Elliot had 21 carries. J.K. Dobbins? Not no, he's still, he's, 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 oh, just, just give you guys a heads up though. Dobbins and Ingram have tested positive with COVID. They will be missing the next game for sure. Oh, they they did po- they tested yep. positive just now. Right? I know they closed the facility. I didn't know it was um Dobbins and Ingram. Time to roll out the old Gus bus though. Yeah, that's exactly the state. <laughs> get, get 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 Gus bus everywhere you can. Um, I think they have a tough matchup though this week. Um, I I, I couldn't. I mean, Aaron. No, I'm, I I wouldn't even know who else to even guess. Maybe Mike Davis for for Carolina. Davis is Taylor. Yep, Jonathan Taylor. So Jonathan oh, Taylor had, really got finally got yeah, that they got a lot. Um, and I actually played him this week because once Swift was ruled out, I rolled out Taylor, and he had I think he had his best game or one of his better games. He didn't have a touchdown. He had one. That was ruled out on a holding call. Um, and he also had a big reception that was ruled out. So he could have got it up there with the sort of 25 to 30 point range um, in half PPR or and even more in PPR. But yep, 22 carries, 90 yards, and also caught four of four targets for 24. So good fantasy day for Jonathan Taylor. I think, like me, if you're a Taylor owner, Chiggs, I know you've got him in legal contact. This is what you've been screaming out for is just give him opportunity. Stop giving Hines like 10 carries a game. Stop giving Wilkins like 7 to 10 carries a game. And, and uh, I think he had his better one of his better games. Now, we know the Packers' run defense isn't the best. But uh, I'll ask you, Chiggs, as you're a you know, fellow owner of Taylor Moe, I don't know if you have him in any of your leagues. I just traded him away. You traded him away. Oh, I got an offer for Jacobs, Taylor and Robinson for Jacobs, which I wasn't starting either one of them. So okay, then then you got to do it. Uh, so Jigs, what are your thoughts on Taylor going forward? If if you can keep up that sort of level of work, you know, if, if they're going to put faith in him, which they should be doing, right? Given you know the, the draft stock they put in him and stuff, and yeah, I, I think you know the talent's never been. An issue. Um, I think obviously no off season hasn't helped, but yeah, I'm, I'm not gonna. I'm gonna need a few more weeks of him getting that sort of level of work before I'm confident starting him. Um, you know, I've I've got Zeke and Clyde Edwards, Clyde Edwards-Helaire as my two running backs already in that league, so I've got the luxury of being able to bench Taylor. But he keeps us up. You know, he could easily be a good start for you come playoff time. And then a couple other players I just wanted to uh, talk about. Um, I mean, in terms of targets, two running backs had nine targets. I won't give you lots of time to guess, but one was James White, who had nine targets, six receptions. 
There was another RB who had nine targets for seven receptions. Can you take a um, guess who that might be? Misik, um, uh, JD McKissick. McKissick? No, it wasn't. Really? McKissick. No, um, McKissick wasn't. I think I remember the commentators even mentioning that he wasn't used very much at all. I'm trying to see where he is in terms of um, targets. I can't see him on this page. No, it was very surprising considering the game script for the week before. McKissick only had four targets this week. Ah. He caught three of them. So it might surprise you that that was actually Kalen Balaj. Uh, Kalen Balaj had nine targets, seven receptions, and he also had 16 rush attempts. I mean, it wasn't the greatest of fantasy days because he didn't get a touchdown and he didn't turn his carries or receptions into big yardage. But while Eckler's out, I think Kalen Balaj is definitely the guy question I wanted to ask is not necessarily for the next couple of weeks until Eckler's back but do you think he has viable flex play once Eckler's back no I'm I'm licking my chops once Eckler's back yep like if there's one guy you might find going by who you know could be a massive league winner for you Austin Eckler's that guy yeah as soon as he comes back It'd be absolute gold. And if you look at that run in the playoffs as well, Atlanta, Las Vegas, Denver. If you can go and buy Austin Eckler, go, go do it. <laughs> yeah, I, I tried. I think there's only one league I got I was successful in, and I traded him, I think, the second week he got injured. Um, and I got, I got a great deal. I think I mentioned it to you guys. I gave up Sanders for Cup and Eckler because uh, we knew Eckler was going to be out like six to eight weeks. So he's been... He's been resting up on my IR spot, spot just in time to hopefully make you know get, you know get me going there in the playoffs. And here's here's a player that uh, I'll, I'll read a couple of the players who were um, RB ones. I think some of them probably not really worth discussing. Frank Gore was an RB one this week. Um, I don't think anyone's going to feel comfortable starting Frank Gore. And uh, Mike Davis was an RB1. I think we all know where we stand with Davis. It's while CMC's out, you're going to roll out Davis. One name I did want to discuss was Carlos Hyde. He was an RB1. He had a very good fantasy day. Uh, 14 carries, 79 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Two receptions for 16 yards as well. Um, In PPR formats, you're looking at about 20 points. Um, We know how much Seattle loves to run the ball. We know... um, Dallas couldn't quite get it done as the bell cow. I don't know what Carson's status is, but if Carson is still out, are you comfortable starting Carlos Hyde as a starting RB? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think he's a, what, what's his schedule coming up? I, I do believe, though, Carson's coming back, though, if I, from what I heard. And I also heard Penny's coming back. So um, he, he's 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 solid start solid start option as long as uh, those two remain out. But I, I, from what I remember, I think they had a brutal playoff schedule. Yeah. So they've got the uh, Philadelphia, New York, and then New York uh, so Giants and the Jets the next three weeks. But then they've got That's Washington nice. and the Rats in the oh. week fifteen and sixteen. So you know, if it is, is yeah, well, I'll find this. And that's probably as hard a sort of run you're going to get. And then um, a couple of players I just wanted to discuss very briefly. Uh, James Connor only had 13 carries, um, but he had a good van- good rushing day, turned those 13 carries into uh, 89 yards. Um, and then Damian Harris, Mo, I know you talked about him. He only had the 11 attempts uh, this time. I know they've been talked about highly, but... Would that volume concern you, or are you comfortable starting both of them at the moment? Oh, no, I would never start. I don't think I, I, I'll start Connor. Um, I'm not sure what's going on there in Pittsburgh, though. They just haven't been utilizing him much. Um, I, but I, as for New England back, I would never trust one unless I had no choice. Maybe in a flex option if, if I had no one else. And I think I did start him in one of my leagues, but I'm just thin at running back in that league after losing Saquon. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I don't think, I don't think I can ever trust a new England running back. And Jigs, I think you own, um, Damien Harris, don't you? Yeah. I mean, for me, Damien Harris has been a, been a great sort of flex play, you know, while people have been injured and bye weeks and stuff, 
you know, I think I think we talked about it before. His lack of work in the passing game is is not going to help, right? So I think while he's getting the carries, and obviously didn't get a lot of a uh, lot of work, but obviously he got the touchdown. You know, if, if they doesn't get that, then his, his day looks a lot worse, and he hasn't got the floor of the uh, the PPR, um, the PPR. So you know, yeah, not not going to be rushing out to start him, but very good sort of bye week and um, flex. Okay, and one name I just did want to mention, um, particularly with the QB news, is um, with Joe Mixon being placed on IR. Gio Bernard might have good flex play in PPR. Because uh, I can see with that O-line, Finley's going to be under pressure a lot. I can see a few dump-offs. It wouldn't surprise me if Gio's getting sort of 8 to 10 targets in the pass game. Um, but I don't trust him as a rusher, so I think he's got that. Do you know big... how much, you know how much the, he got? Offense... Um... Sorry, um, obviously with Barrow out as well, right? You, you're not going to expect him to... You're not, you're not going to expect the same sort of level of work in the red zone as well. Just with with Borrow being, you know, yeah, yeah. So, Mo, what were you asking there? I was wondering, do you know how much he, how many uh, receptions or targets he got this uh, this game during the second half, by chance? Five. Or just total uh, I don't know about the second half. He only got five targets. Uh, he caught four for thirty-seven. Um, but it's not terrible. It's not bad. That Washington team is, you know, we know that. I think they've got the best run defense in football, um, they were saying, in, wow. in all of the NFL, which for a you know, team with only two wins all season, it's pretty good going. You know, um, I think we know Rivera's plan. You can see what he's sort of doing there. And um, he's building up, starting with the defense first. So here's a, here's a question for you. Zeke had a, a really good game, um, sort of a return to form, but... Would you be making a move to try and buy him if you're a contender? Kind of guy that can put you over the top. <sighs> I kind of sold him, unfortunately. I'm still not a buyer of Zeke. Um, I think I, I remember the schedule's tough now. Um, I, I think so I remember Baltimore and then San Fran and Philly being in there. And I guess Washington also, yeah. I think, had to play once. Yeah, he's got Washington next week and then Baltimore, Cincinnati, San Fran, and Philadelphia. So that's um, a pretty tough one. Yeah, outside of Cincinnati, um, I'm I'm kind of just staying away from him. I I don't think he's gonna win your ship. I think if you can get good value for him right now, that's I'll be trying to trade him if anything. Yeah, it's it's an interesting one because I was offered Zeke, um, Zeke plus, in fact, for Nick Chubb, um, because in our keeper league, I've got Chubb and Hunt, and I said, look, I don't feel comfortable starting two running backs from the same team, so I'll trade Chubb because he's got great keeper value, can be kept in the seventh round next season. And um, I was offered Zeke plus, and I just said, look, I just can't trust him. I just don't trust that offense, and uh, you know, I'd rather sort of hold out, keep Chubb and start both than starting Zeke. So while they had a good game, um, I that that trust it's it's hard and where you're approaching your trade deadline i think you're going to be quite nervous about trading for zeke as a contender but we have said you know rbs are quite thin this year and it could be that you're giving up somebody for you know somebody who's got good keeper value to get zeke um you're probably going to feel more comfortable giving up the receiver so in that league um i think sid drafted claypool in the 15th if you're challenging and you're desperate for RB because you're rolling out the likes of Balaj and McKissick at the moment, you could probably say, you know what, I know I can't keep Zeke, but he's an upgrade on what I've got. Take Claypool. You've got him as a great keeper value next season. And um, you know, I'll take Zeke on, on that basis. But I think outside of those kind of moves, it's, it's really hard to trust him and that offense for me. Yep. Um, okay, so moving on to receivers then. Um, I know we've touched on it before, but uh, target monsters, uh, absolute target monster, Keenan Allen, 16, tar- mm-hmm. uh, sorry, 19 targets, 16 oh. receptions. Unbelievable. And in fact, I think you saw the prop bet I had where it was uh, Keenan Allen, Adam Thielen, and uh, Devontae Adams all to get over 100 receiving yards and <laughs> it was that 
last drive where uh, Green Bay got the field goal to equalize, where Adams took me over the edge. But Keenan Allen, <laughs> I think I had 100 yards after like in the first half or something. So I thought, okay. And then Adam Thielen got quite a lot. So um, Keenan Allen, you know, we've talked about trading for him. I think his price is just sort of keeps going up and up and up. Um, I think that window's probably probably gone. Um, you know, if you look at his, his run over the last little few weeks, as you say, his, his price has now probably got to the point where, um, you know, I, I was inquiring about him this week, actually, before the uh, the Jets match. I, I've been yeah. inquiring about him for the last few weeks, to be fair. But, um, yeah, the, the view was he's 28. You know, he's still got, still got a few good years left ahead of him with a good quarterback. His current form, you know, unless you're having a massive overpay, it's going to be very difficult to get him. So here's a question, and I know, um, you know, the player I'm about to mention had a good game yesterday, but um, CEH, if, if you're in a really tight league, would you give CEH and your first to get Keenan Allen if you think that gives you the edge? Huh. Oh, I don't know. I don't I, think so. Yeah. Put it this way, I wouldn't I'm, I wouldn't even give up CEH in a first for Alvin Kamara. Okay. And, and, the, and the reason is is that you know in because I just think CEH is long term you're selling him at a depressed value I think. And you know if if what we you know you like the talent you like, you like the landing spot. He's it's had a very thing. good but in probably not to the same level that people had hoped, right? Which is why his value is depressed. Um, so I don't think you're going to get your, your fair value for him. I, I can see him being a top five running back for the next few years. That that, that upside is there. Yeah, okay. and that's why I asked because I'm thinking if if you were to rank until rest of season, I would suspect Allen's going to be ahead of most running backs rest of the season. But that's why I'm asking. You know, it's an aggressive trade like that um if you think it could put you over the edge and you know if the question was asked about say jonathan taylor and the first for alan i'd have to seriously consider it you know especially if yeah. i get to if i get to the championship game and say alan's got like i don't know who he's got in the championship game but that could be one of those okay it's an overpay but damn it gives me a really good chance i wouldn't make the move now i wouldn't make the move now but if you're in the final two, you know, in, if you're in your championship game, I think that's the kind of move you might consider where you think, oh, you know, like I have to get some of this and you know what, I'm giving up a young asset for a, an aging one, but damn, he's getting like 20 targets a game at the moment. Yeah, oh, yeah. so he's got last week 15, week 16. Let, let, me, yeah. let me change this for you, Chiggs, a little bit. Same, same scenario, but you are in the final and CEH is hurt. You can't use him in the final. Nothing major. He'd be fine maybe a week or two. But he, you can't use him in the final. Would you be willing willing to give up him in a first for someone like, I don't know, Kamara or Keaton Allen? Let's go with Kamara because I think, I think scenario, there's more value to Kamara. Yeah, so I think in that scenario, I would I'd make the overpay because Kamara is still young. Um, you're still going to have, you know, he, he, you know, he could easily finishes the RB1 for the next few years, right? So... Um, and that that position so thin. So in that in that case, I would. But you know, at the moment, I'd say, well, look, I've still got three years on the age. I think three or four years. Ceh on Kamara. Yeah. Um, you know, so I'm hoping that he's hitting the upswing as Kamara's coming now, coming on that downward trajectory. You know, once that running backs hit that kind of um, that wall, as it were. So. But yeah, in that scenario, yeah, no, I'll definitely consider that for sure. And then um, I'm going to go through some of the receiving yard leaders from this week. It might surprise you. So we talked about Keenan Allen. He had 145, and actually the most yards of any receiver. Um, second, may may not surprise you, but it was Demir Bird of the New England Patriots. <laughs> he actually had 132 <laughs> yards and... Uh, a touchdown. So he had a very, very good fantasy week. Congrats if you played him this week in your lineups. DJ Moore had a good game. Um, so he had uh, seven receptions for 127 yards. 
again, you know, over 23 points. But uh, if you've got a touchdown, you're looking towards the 30 points, which is um, a very, very good fantasy day. Tim Patrick, 119 yards, although a lot of that, or a big chunk of that came on that last play when Drew Logg was just throwing the ball away to kill the clock. Corey Davis, oh, uh, seven <laughs> targets, five receptions for 113. Uh, did you play him this week, Mo? Uh, Corey Davis, uh, no. Um, he's uh, he's just so inconsistent. Um, I'm trying to hold him for long term. I, I, even if I played him, I don't. I wasn't. I wasn't any close to beating my Chris, I think, or whoever I was playing against. Okay, and then in terms of targets, because um, you know that's sort of what you want. I don't know if you'll be able to guess. Um, it's quite a well, not obscure, but um, I'll just say that both of you are fans of this guy. So we talked about Allen with 19 targets. Deontay Johnson had 16. Tyreek Hill had 14, which um, if you own Tyreek Hill, that's music to your ears because kind of roots he runs. Um, so he had a good fantasy day. Michael Thomas had 12. DJ Moore had 11. But one other guy had 12 targets. I'll give you a few guesses to see if you can guess who that might be. Did you say Michael Thomas? Uh, yep, yeah, he had 12 as well. Um, you say we're both You're both fans of the guy, but it's not one of the sort of obvious ones. C.D. Lamb? Oh, uh, that's a good guess. Wasn't C.D. Lamb. Michael Pittman? Nah, he didn't get that much. I think he only got three or four. I was watching his game. Um, it's like Give us a team, or... A division. Let's see. I can't think of too many. There's too uh, many players here. Your division, NFC South. NFC South. Oh, Curtis Samuel had quite a bit. Uh, um, he had ten targets. I'll, uh, I'll tell you who it was because I'm quite surprised at this, um, considering the the struggles of the team. But it was Russell Gage. Uh, Russell Gage. I, say, uh, I didn't even watch that game, so I couldn't even tell you. I think I guess once Julio goes out, Gage's targets go up. Yes, exactly. So the question I was going to pose is if Julio is ruled out because of his hamstring, are you comfortable starting Russell Gage? I mean, I'm just going to check who he's playing next week. Uh, he's got a friendly game. He's got the Raiders, you know, gave up quite a lot of uh, yards through the air. Would you roll out Russell Gage? Yeah. I think yeah, so. For sure. My number two wide receiver, yeah? Yeah. So who would you play next week? Um, Russell Gage... If Julio's out or Curtis Samuel, uh, Russell Gage, because uh, yeah, you, you're still you're still competing with three wide receivers there in Carolina. Yeah, Russell Gage. Okay, interesting. And then, speaking of speaking of Carolina, actually, um, what's your thoughts on Robbie Anderson? He's obviously slowed down after quite a hot start. Um, he needs he needs, he needs... week out play or. No, I think I think he's fine. I think he just needs Bridgewater uh, at, at QB. I think Bridgewater throws to him and looks at look at looks at his way, looks at his direction more. Um, uh, but I have seen DJ's now finally getting a hang of the offense. And that's one thing that Robbie always had a leg up, and um, uh, I th- now he's actually like Bridgewater. Like I think two games ago, or he, you could tell like later he they're looking more towards Bridgewater's direction. I mean, sorry to. DJ Moore's direction. So I, I, I expected that fall off from, you know, how well he was doing in the beginning, Robinson was, because you knew, you know, the, I think the biggest issue with DJ Moore was he just, I, I don't think he was, he, was, he was getting the offense or he's getting his routes crisp, crispy ran and stuff. And that's one thing I was surprised. Samuel picked that up in a heartbeat and he's more, again, more of the gadget play. That's why Samuel was even doing better than DJ Moore. Um, so Robbie Anderson, I guess, in the long run, I think he'll be fine, but I, I you know the problem. I think the biggest thing for me is I think the lack of looks he gets in the red zone. I think he still gets his touches, gets his targets, but in the, in the red zone, I haven't seen I haven't seen um, them look that that much in, in in his direction. It's more Curtis Samuel Davis or um, uh, or some weird tight end or DJ Moore. Yeah, he's had, he's had one one touchdown on the year, right? So that's obviously what's really hurting him. And, of, and then the lock, and then that touchdown was a long touchdown too. I think it was like a forty yarder or something. So again, it's just lack of his targets in the end, in the end zone in the red zone is what I would be concerned with. But you know, I think he has a nice. I think I think he still has that nice safe floor. So um, you know, mm-hmm. as a flex option, I think he's 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 good there. 
a couple of players I wanted to ask you about. Um, I think Chiggs, me and you have vested interest in particular. Um, T Higgins and Tyler Boyd. Oh, I was going to ask you that same question. Yeah, with Burrow going out, what are your thoughts on them going forward now? So I, I did look at Boyd's stats, and I, I think he only got he only got targeted like twice after Burrow going out. Um, he was peppered with targets. Uh, he had a good number of targets when Burrow was there, maybe like 10 or 11 when Burrow was there. Um, mm-hmm. But after Burrow went out, I don't believe he had many, if any, at that for that point, for that matter. Um, I'm actually, I hate to say it, but I might, in, my, in my redraft, I think I'm dropping Boyd. Just because I, I, there's other players I, I kind of see more upside, maybe with like a Rhaegar or something. I'm, I wasn't going to start Boyd anyway, but he was a nice flex option. I mean, I have I have Nuke and McLaren, which I'm going to start ahead of them, ahead of him. But um, yeah, I, I don't know, man. I don't I don't I don't like it. Um, that's that's one of my questions. What do you guys feel about? In, I think, in my opinion, I think I'm I'm in redraft. I'm dropping all Cincinnati wide receivers. It's interesting because if you look at their run, they've got the Giants next week, then Miami, then Dallas, and then it's Pittsburgh and Houston week 15, 16. Oh, great like, matchups! I love their matchups. matchups. Good, yeah, it's just, yeah, I mean, I'm not sure I can trust the offense, but I guess it will depend on who's available on waivers. Um, I think the biggest hit is going to be um, T. Higgins, you know, because he's, he's going to be on the uh, be on the perimeter. He's going to be reliant on accurate throws, you know, where you're often beating the safety or putting on the back shoulder. Um, someone like Joe Burrow was fantastic at that. We saw it not only at LSU, but also, you know, in his first season with the Bengals. I think that's where Ryan Finley's going to struggle. And T. Higgins was targeted. He had 10 targets, but he only had three receptions for 26 yards. And it wouldn't surprise me if that continues to sort of be the theme now for the rest of the season. Uh, Um, I'm still holding faith in Boyd just because he plays in the slot. You know, he's going to be in the eye line of the QB more. Um, And I also think it might be an opportunity to stream someone like Drew Sample, where, again, I think Finley's more going to look in his um, immediate periphery than looking out on the perimeter. But um, still still feel okay about Boyd, particularly with some of those matchups. But you're right, you know, it wouldn't surprise me too if Boyd Boyd's numbers really go down because he's been brilliant this year. You know, I've started him every week when he's not been on a bye week and he's been just so consistent and so good. And in fact, Boyd is probably one of those players where I would consider, and again, you know, only if I'm in the playoff finals or maybe in the, in the round before where I'd consider giving like Boyd in the first for someone like Keenan Allen because... Um, it's exactly what I was going to say. Like, it's that an opportunity be as a, if you're an owner of a, like an Adam Thielen or something like that, where you, you talk, trade them for, for Tyler Boyd, right? Um, and get younger, um, get one of these mm. sort of younger, sort of distant wide receivers that probably benefit your team longer term. Yeah, what's um, Viking schedule? Just looking. Uh, they've got a couple of juicy matchups now, but then. The playoffs, they've not got the greatest. They've got Tampa Bay and Chicago. Um, so um, I think trading, the Vi- trading for Vikings. The Vikings, yeah. So uh, week 14, Tampa Bay. Week 15, Chicago. So again, I think it's risky to I, trade I, for I him. Like for that. That. I, I like that? the matchup again um, for Thielen. I, I, like actually, the I like the wide receivers more than the running backs in those matchups. Yeah. yeah. He put up twenty points against them in week ten. Um, you know, I think I think they're gonna they're gonna try and stop the run, right? So it's gonna rely on Kirk Cousins to be throwing the ball to Jefferson and Thielen, and then New Orleans in week sixteen. So yeah, yeah I, I like yeah. the Vikings. Yeah. Of course, you know, if um, part of that would be because they were able to stop Dalvin Cook. Um, and, you know, that's why you're going to throw more. But uh, that's a good point. Um, okay, and then last one going to uh, Titans. is actually a good week for Titans this week after the wasteland. Yeah, last <laughs> um, you know, some of the uh, well-known players. So Travis Kelsey was the tight end one with um, 32 points in our 
Titan Premium, Darren Waller 26.6, Mark Andrews 24, Dallas Goddard finally had a good game. Um, mm. Bit of a, I don't know what what happened with Carson Wentz. It's almost like he stopped throwing to Goddard, but you know he had six targets, five catches, um, and then uh, Robert Tunyon um, five targets, five catches. Uh, I think we know you know someone like him is a bit more of a a um, touchdown dependent. Um, tight end one one or two names that surprised me particularly um this guy because he was tight end what six or seven and he didn't have a touchdown jordan akins um where do you stand on the tight ends for the texans can you trust any of them no wasn't it who was the guy you mentioned last week um oh yeah (laughs) <laughs> I've forgotten his name already, right? It's, um... yeah, I, I think we both said who. Pharaoh Brown, right? That's yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just don't know on any given week, right? You've got Darren Fells, Jordan Akins, Pharaoh Brown. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, you got to stay away, I think, for that. But actually, here's my question. You just mentioned Goddard. Can you trust any of the... Philly tight ends. You got Garter. Now you got Rogers making a move. Ertz is coming back. Would you would you be comfortable playing any of the Philadelphia tight ends? For me, there's only one Eagles player that I would feel comfortable starting, and even that's with a bit of nervousness, and that's Miles Sanders. Outside of Sanders, there is nobody. I know you mentioned Rager earlier. I've got no faith in Rager. I've got no faith in. Um, Fulgham, you know, Fulgham actually had nine targets in yeah. one catch, you 100%. know, so um, I don't know about the quality of the targets. I was watching Red Zone, but, you know, can't trust Fulgham, can't trust Ward, Rager, Ertz, Goddard. Um, I think of all of those outside of Sanders, Goddard's probably the most reliable, you know, the one you'd have the most faith in. But the, the Carson Wentz looks awful, that O-line looks awful, so I don't know, I'd, I'd struggle to feel comfortable starting anyone. I think, I think it's just the nature of that position, though, right? Un- unless you've got Travis Kelsey or Darren Waller, maybe, you know, put TJ Hawkinson into that sort of category as well, but you know, Mark Andrews. But if you're, if you're scrabbling around with the other guys, I'd rather take the chance with someone like Dallas Goddard, who I know can, you know, can do what he did. You know, Hayden Hurst, for example, had uh, put up a goose egg this week. And he'd actually been looking all right um, the last sort of few weeks. So I think I think it is just the nature of that position, and you are running the gauntlet. You haven't got one of the top top tier guys. I just want to ask you, Mo, because you're a Panthers fan. Great win, you know. You shut shut out the Lions. Um, I don't know how much of the game you've seen, but um, were the Lions just really bad? Were you just really good? What sort of happened there? Because, you know, it's a big letdown on fantasy terms from the likes of Stafford, AP or carry on if you roll them out, Jones. You know, Hawkinson had some value in a premium because he got 68 yards and four receptions, so he still got 13 points. But should we be worried about playing Lions players? What, what happened there? I, I was I was shocked by that. So I, I had this. I had red zone on one TV and uh, Panthers game on the other. Um, they just look. They just look terrible. I mean, I think we. I think the defense came up with a great game plan, and they 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 succeed. They did really well. Um, I, I don't think Detroit's O line O line just made a lot of mental mistakes, and you would always see someone running free to, running free towards the quarterback that hurt them. Um, I think not having Galday also. Um, kind of, kind of, just kind of, di- just kind of diminished their 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 firepower that they had, and even Swift for that matter. AP, you yeah. could see the age come out, and really, I think all we did, what the Panthers did, they would they would rush four to five, and they uh, everyone were just covered really well. And I think with just again not having the the receiving uh, talent there, they they just couldn't do, they just couldn't, they just couldn't play well. They couldn't move the ball really, um, and because honestly, there weren't that many turnovers. It's just they couldn't move the ball. Panthers had two turnovers in the red zone as well um in our red zone so it's uh yeah the, honestly i i would not be trusting a detroit player uh maybe galde when he gets back and swift for that matter but you have to look at our matchup basis and because the panthers defense is not that great um i just think we just they just game plan really well and apparently from what i heard this was like one of the best like midweek practices we've had 
and they were really prepared to to, to play against uh, um, the, the the Lions. So I think it's more about just the Panthers just putting in the time and just you know just executed really really well. Yeah, and one one last player I wanted to touch on, um, and Chiggs, I'll ask you first because I know you own him, and um, you know I'm a fan of the guy, but uh, Mike Gesicki. So he had five targets, four catches, forty three yards in a decent fantasy day, just outside of tight end one numbers, um, which isn't saying a lot, I guess. But as a Gesicki owner, who would you rather have at QB, Tua or Fitz? And I asked that because Tua wasn't benched for injury purposes. Flores actually came out and said it was performance related. So as a fantasy owner, who would you rather have um, there? Would it, would you rather have Gesicki? Uh, sorry, Tua or Fitz? Um, for Gesicki, definitely Fitz. Really? Um, I was yeah. thinking the other way around. Um, I, I haven't been confident in starting Gesicki uh, once Tua has been under centre. I mean, he's a bit of a rollercoaster guy anyway, but if you look at some of the performances he had under Fitz, he was a real sort of difference maker. I know, you know he had some bad games as well, but he hasn't really set the world alight since Tua has been starting under centre. Oh, you're right, yeah. Yeah, in terms of targets, it's not changed too much. He's getting a smidge more, you could argue, with Tua. Um, he's had five last couple of games four but with Fitz there were a couple you know before that against the Rams he had two targets against the Jets he had two targets and put up a goose egg um six targets against the 49ers but again before that three three so outside of week two where he had 11 targets eight receptions and 130 yards he's not been that heavily targeted but I just got a sense he was getting a little bit more with Tua which is why I thought I'd ask you who you'd rather prefer. Um, ne- next couple of games, actually, they've got the Jets and the Bengals. So irrespective of Tua or Fitz, are you comfortable starting Gesicki? I wouldn't say I'm comfortable, but I mean, I'm going to have to look up the matchup and, you know, and, and assess it off the back of that. So, you know, with my tight end group, I'm sort of, I'm sort of rotating between them, depending on matchup. Um, you know, he didn't have a, a terrible game this week. You know, he, he would have got me more points than Hayden Hurst did for sure. But um, it's, it's that target share that's so inconsistent. So when when he's getting a decent amount of targets, he, he does all right with it. But you know, when there's games where he's getting two, three targets, you can't really expect too much. So yeah, and th- that's what we said with tight ends. And you know, we'll touch on it when we're talking about startup drafts and. Um, trade targets and stuff. I think it's very important, even if it means you might be reaching to get one of those better tight ends. And, you know, it's why I traded up for Waller in IDP because by that time, all the other sort of big four had gone. And I thought, right, you know, I mean, Hawkinson's been better than I thought he might be this season. But uh, I think Hawkinson trades up in in a a startup because of, you know, his long-term upside, right? yeah, you know, he he's actually been very good this season, but the aim with Hawkinson is you know, you take him early, you then you've got a backfill with some of the like Jared Cooks and Tyler Higbee's later on, who you probably get you would have expected to start ahead of him this year. As it turned out, he's actually been he's been pretty decent. But yeah, what Waller, Waller's the last of that that top tier for sure. Well, yeah, Waller was a great move. I'm just wondering where he was the past like not you know, not counting last year, the past the three years before that. I don't even I don't even never even heard of the guy. Who, Darren Waller? Yeah, un- until last year when he came yeah. out and played really well. I mean, I don't think he was on anyone's radar the, th- the three years prior to that. I don't even know who he played with. He no. was on the Ravens practice squad. Yeah. Gruden, huh. Gruden actually saw him on the practice squad, and I think he said he liked the physical attributes that brought him in on a sort of trial basis and um, was blown away. Um, you know, he had some troubles in the past. I think he had... Um, I, you know, I don't want to speculate, but I think it was some sort of drug or some sort of issues as well in the past. Ah, gotcha. Well, wasn't yeah. he one of the? Um, he's one of the guys that really sort of benefited from the hard knocks or all or nothing, or wasn't it? With the with the Raiders, right? I think that's what people sort of saw him. You know, say Gruden obviously liked like profile and stuff, and then brought him in, and then he he did amazingly well. And he's that kind of guy that you know you picked up off waivers and is now like a top top five tight end. Mm. 
Yeah, no, he's he's been good, and he's also a pretty decent rapper. I don't know if you've seen any of his um his music <laughs> stuff. He goes by the name D Wall, and I, I I first came across him because he did a song based on wrestling. Um, I think it's called New World Order. Um, he makes a lot of references to, you know, like wrestling stuff. But he's actually a fairly good rapper, so I'd you know um suggest checking out his stuff D Wall on um on YouTube. He's um he's better than I thought he'd be musical pedigree he's a i'm just looking at wikipedia he's a great grandson of jazz pianist fats waller so that's what <laughs> you know so he runs in the family <laughs> wow. did you look that up on wikipedia yeah good old wikipedia <laughs> amazing what you find okay well that's uh week 11 in the bag hope that's given you some food for thought um you know as you approach those trade deadlines as you approach those um last couple of weeks before the playoffs and so whatever your ambitions are for this season uh, good luck with that but um, for now that's me signing out mo giddy up and chicks have a good advice